Why not? Hey, Andrew. Hey, How, Evan. How's everything? I'm good. I look at me. I'm now looking at you and speaking to you. Wow. wow. Welcome back to Obscure Broadcasting's podcast, Small Brains, Big Picks. I'm Andrew Alden. And I'm Evan. Uh, and we're super happy to have on today uh, Tono, Matt Tonikawa. What's up, man? Hey, how's it going, guys? Good, good, good. Um, so we're going to jump right into it uh, today, and we're going to start today with a couple questions to get you know, get to know you, Matt, um, or for our massive audience of thousands and thousands to get to know you. Um so, uh, Andrew, you can kick it off with the first one. Yeah. So I understand, uh, Matt, that you're a big, uh, you're really into photography. What kind of camera do you shoot on and what kind of lenses do you like to shoot with? Yeah. Um, I got a couple of different ones I like to play around with. Um, I think, uh, one of them is, is a Sony a6500. Uh, I like that camera cause, uh, you know, it's great low light. Uh, it's also small and you know, you take it, I, do, I do a lot of hiking and backpacking and I take it up on those nice. um, just to get a lighter kind of package. The little lens, I like uh, some of those small Sigma primes, uh, 30 millimeter, 16 millimeter on that crop sensor. Uh, and then I always have my GoPro with me too. Um, it's a nice compact, high res camera that I like to capture moments with. Are you contractually obligated to say that? <laughs> definitely not. Definitely no. not. Okay. I, was, uh, I was a big fan before all that. <laughs> right. No, I know that. That's true. That's awesome. Well, shout out to Chitono Photo. Uh, I've got I've got a Chitono original <laughs> hanging in the in the room, framed. Um, definitely, oh definitely love that. It's so nice of them to to let you take that to prison with you. Yeah. Uh, what's your second question? So, uh, second question, Toto, uh, is you are like, there are a lot of people like this, but you stand out to me as someone who just like really reps where you're from and has a lot of love for where you grew up. Some people always trying to escape where they grew up and you like are always repping and always happy to be back in Hawaii. Um, so, Absolutely. you know, people, people know, people who have not been there know that beaches are beautiful and maybe they know that the food is great. What is something that like people don't tend to talk about about Hawaii that you love about it? Uh, you know, other than those things that you named, I mean, those are great. Um, I'd say the people, the culture, um, something that, you know, you don't really see photos of. Everyone posts nice photos, but, um, you know, you come here, you meet the people. You, For me, growing up in the, in the culture here, I think is something that that's really special to me and uh, something that draws me back all the time. That's what's up. Cool, cool, cool. All right, Andrew, hit him with the next one. Okay, uh, so we have often retired players of, of, they don't need to be baseball players, they don't need to be even athletes, but we retired people, and once we retired a cat. But um, we'd like you to retire someone into our, our virtual Hall of Fame. So who would that be for you? And I, I just want to prep you with... Unfortunately, Poppy's already retired in our Hall of Fame, so you can't retire him, but just someone that you love that means a lot to you. Sorry, you're saying, you're saying current players? 
It could be anyone in history, just like your guy. It doesn't have to be the most talented guy, but someone who you love to, to watch play. Ooh. Uh, I, I, I'll say Mookie, dude. Uh, you know, Mookie's, Mookie's one of my all-time favorites right now. And, um, you know, especially being a Sox fan, you know, it sucks to lose him. But, um, you know, he's he's performing at the highest level, and it's, it's fun to watch him every day. Yeah, man, that one a little, almost a little too soon for that one. That's yeah, tough that, to hear. That was brutal. Uh, you know, <laughs> I cheered up a little bit. I, I think I think we're done here. I think we just <laughs> right. cut, cut it right there. Word. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, well, so you did kind of un- a sad transition, but uh, a good transition. So hard to talk about current Red Sox right now. So we'll focus on history. Um, so oh, you're you're one of the biggest Red Sox fans that I know. Um, what's your favorite Red Sox moment in your history? Speaking from a moment where they are the worst that they've been in our lifetimes, but what's your favorite Red Sox moment? Uh, I gotta go uh, on a personal level. I gotta go to 2018 World Series. Um, yeah, I got a chance to fly my dad up from Hawaii, and and we drove down from SF to LA. Uh, you know, originally, you know, we're watching Game Three in my living room in SF. Um, and we're, we're hoping that they'd win that because we, you know, we got tickets to game four and we wanted to see them close it out and sweep them. Uh, but they lost game three on the extra innings. You know, we stayed up super late watching that game and then drove down the next day. And once they won game four, um, you know, my dad and I just was just like, you know, we gotta, we gotta stay one more night and move this, move this flight back. We bought tickets for game five. Uh, and I got to share that moment with him with uh, with that World Series championship in LA. So that was that was my definitely a highlight uh, of Red Sox moment for me. Yeah, it was about the most jealous I've ever been through social media <laughs> watching someone just like I live that moment. That, yeah, that's that's got to be an incredible moment. It was, it was crazy. Yeah. Um, all right, my last one for you, Tono. Um, of all the people that I played baseball with, now I didn't play at the highest level or close to the highest level, um, but we but we competed a little bit in college. And I have <laughs> said before, and I'll, I'll continue to say, you throw the best changeup of anyone that I ever played with. Um, so how what's what's like what makes a good changeup? How'd you learn to throw a good changeup? Like what is the trick to a good changeup? Ah, uh, that's uh, it's a tough one. I, I think. I mean, for me, I honestly didn't start throwing that pitch until, uh, you know, late in high school because I, I like partially tore my, uh, my elbow ligament my sophomore year, uh, throwing like a, a slurve, like a little cutter, cutter curve. And, uh, you know, I just couldn't really throw that pitch anymore after the injury. So I, I fooled around with a changeup, and I, I don't. I'm not the hardest thrower at all. So, got to mix speeds and and just kind of reps with with that changeup grip. You know, getting it looser and looser until the point where I felt comfortable. You know, holding it pretty much all in my fingers and and uh, just trying to make it make it effective in that way. Yeah, hey amen. That that fastball coming in at 78. But uh, but oh, that changeup at, yep. at sixty nine <laughs> broke people's ankles, man. I swear, I saw people looking silly on that thing. 
graduates uh, of Cal State yeah. Fullerton shaking in their boots at the very thought of, yeah. of the Tonakawa. <laughs> yeah, if we have up. any Fullerton listeners right now, they're turning it off as we speak. <laughs> they don't want to relive these memories. Honestly, none of those people sure listen not. to this because oh, of God. you. Yeah. <laughs> Word. All right, man. Well, that's what we got for you. Uh, and we're going to dive into this topic, which I think is a really interesting one. Um, of course, it's, it's timely, and Andrew brought it to me as, a, as an idea um, when the Tatis thing happened and kind of brought that to the forefront of, of just sports talk. I actually had conversations with a bunch of people who don't even watch baseball who like saw that mm. in their social media or in the news and were asking me about like what they feel about what I feel about unwritten rules in baseball. So for those who don't know, T- Fernando Tatis Jr., young, super talented player, hit a home run when they were already up a lot on a 3-0 pitch. Um, and got all sorts of hate for it. He had a it. grand slam. He had a grand slam. Got all sorts of hate for it. Um, and it, it, the topic came up of like, it's an unwritten rule of baseball that you don't do that. Um, so we want to just explore unwritten rules and like what they mean and how they fit into the sport um, and whether they should fit into the sport at all. Uh, so, I mean, who, whichever one of you guys want to jump this off. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, I, I can just say my first reaction to that, uh, I wasn't watching it live, but uh, when I heard about it and I heard, um, you know, what, uh, what the other coach had said about it, uh, it just seemed like, you know, they he was just kind of uh, a little butthurt. Um, and, you know, saying something like that is not really like, it doesn't help your team at all. It doesn't. It, it, it kind of just makes them feel worse, I think. Um, and I, and but then when I thought about it a little more, I was just like, I don't know. Hitting's tough, you know. Like hitting, hitting period is just one of the hardest things to do in sports. Um, you know, if you if you earn yourself a count, a three zero count, uh, no matter what the score is, you know, you earn that count. Take advantage of it. Um, and you know, from a, from a pitching standpoint, like in that situation, whoever that pitcher is, is you know, when they're coming in down that much, you know, they're probably they haven't made a name for themselves yet, um, and you know, they should be out there, you know, 100 percent giving their effort, trying to prove themselves and give everything they got in order to to move up in the ranks. So I mean, I don't know. At the bottom, at the end of the day, I think. Uh, yeah, I'm a fan of every player going 100% all the time. Um, and it's the big leagues. I mean, anything can happen. Uh, you know, you see teams come come back from several runs down in the ninth and uh, in the start season like this, especially right. you know, each game matters a little more. Um, yeah, I think I don't, I don't have a problem with it at all. Uh, right. he, you know, he's a good player. He's an exciting player. And, um, yeah, I don't have a problem with it. Yeah, there's there's no clock in baseball. You know, you can always come back. What's one of many things, maybe not the most important one, but yeah, I think that uh, it's it's an interesting thing because this has been brought more and more to the forefront of uh, that baseball can at least seem joyless uh, for the fans and for the and for the players alike. So it was really interesting to see the reaction that kind of stemmed from this because we've seen this before. The not you know that when players utilize swinging 3-0, which is totally a thing because, you know, for those of you that don't know, 
three out, usually, you know, we want to throw a strike, and the idea is that you kind of give that one to the pitcher, and then that you move on. Not a lot of players, uh, you know, swing at that pitch uh, for good reason. But when it happened uh, this time, there's this whole twinge of like, oh, he doesn't play the game. You know, you always hear people say he plays the game the right way, which is always, to me, kind of a you know, a kind of a bullshit thing to say. Yeah, it means you know, he doesn't smile. It he doesn't it look like he enjoys it that much. Right, like Pete Rose <laughs> always played the game the right way, right? But like when the Red Sox in in 2004, as part of Terry Francona's big strategy for that for those that group of players was to swing 3-0. In game three, the, the closest game in the entire playoffs for the 2004 World Series, Trot Nixon swung and hit a double on a 3-0 pitch. That's drove in runs. Yep. And like, that's he's playing the game the right way. He's playing hard, but he's also a white guy. And Terry Francona is a white guy. And then Fernando Tatis, who you know you'd think would earn some of that generational respect because his father played for the Cardinals and for the Expos among other teams. But there's definitely like a twinge of like he's not playing the game the Still, quote, uh, right yeah, way. Right? He's a uh, you. You have to wonder. I think whether Mike Trout gets the same call out as a dark-skinned Latino dude, an Afro-Latino dude with blonde dyed blonde hair like who like does all this gregarious stuff and seems to really love playing baseball um yeah it's i just think we talked about this last episode uh but like if baseball wants to be popular with young people the idea that celebrating is bad that enjoying yourself is bad is not the right way to play the game is just completely counterproductive like there's kids want to throw up the three when they hit a three-pointer. They want to do Curry's celebrations, his shimmies. These are the things that we see on ads on TV. The, baseball just doesn't create content that is going to show up on people's social medias and on TV because that's the content where people are enjoying themselves. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Uh, I think, you know, celebration and, and you know, the showing emotions in the moment is, is something that, you know, shouldn't be limited, um, you know, but, you know, I think there, that being said, there's still a point where you can cross the line um, and, you know, celebrate too much or show, show someone else up. Uh, and, you know, you see that sometimes with like backflips and things like that yeah. where people go a little too far, but, uh, you know, in the, in the case of Tatis is, you know, he's just, or pretty much any anyone excited to watch baseball and they when they celebrate and uh, you know after a big moment, I mean it's just raw emotion and and being able to to see that as a fan, I think is is just entertaining and has to happen. Mm-hmm. What so speaking of bat flips, the most uh, you know there's been they they happen. It's a thing, but you know I am being us all three of us being Red Sox fans, we can we have like just kind of begrudging respect for the Blue Jays. But they're usually a thorn in our sides. But a great moment in baseball history is when Jose Bautista hit that home run in the playoffs and won the game for them. You know, it was a big moment. He tossed the bat and then all sorts of backlash. I'm sure he got pitched inside for like two years because he he kind of threw his bat. What do you think that was warranted? Like in your mind? Uh, I think I think that was tiptoeing on the line. Uh, you know, it was a huge moment. I think it was a it was a massive clutch uh, clutch hit to execute that. But um, you know, I could have. I, I think he could have celebrated you know, slightly less. But I think you know, it comes back to 
you know, raw emotion and, and some things like that, you know, it's, especially in, in those kind of big moments, it's, it's tough to hold back. But, um, you know, I think, I don't know. And that, that was a, that was a tough one. That was kind of on the line for me. Yeah. And I mean, speaking as a pitcher, I, you, in reality, this isn't always true, like how you actually feel. But my tendency yeah. is to say, if you don't want him to celebrate, then don't throw him a pitch he can hit out of the fucking ballpark, right? Like, sure, throw sure. him a pitch he's going to miss if you don't want him to celebrate. Is like, tends to be my thought process on that. Um, but it is, I mean, the other side is like, okay, so if he's allowed to celebrate, is it then just like another part of baseball that like, I'm going to then like throw inside to you, you know, we talk about it as mostly a baseball thing. And I think in many ways it is. Um, and we'll explore different angles to that. But like in basketball, if I, if a guy dunks on someone and like stands over him or st- steps over him or does something super disrespectful, generally speaking, a big strong guy on the other team is going to fuck that dude up in a couple plays. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is that right. aspect of pride and retaliation in other sports. It's not yeah. entirely a baseball thing. But I think it's taken to, like like you said, there's ones that are obviously a little disrespectful, but there's a pettiness to like, oh, you you walked too close to the pitcher's mound when you got out, or you, whatever, these weird things that like, you people who aren't diehard baseball fans, they don't even understand why it's an issue, right? Um, I think, yeah. yeah, sorry, Matt, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I think, I, you know, I think that's okay. I think, you know, when things like that happen, like, yeah, Bautista, you know, tosses bat and, you know, stared down the pitcher a little bit and, you know, maybe, maybe he shouldn't have done that. I think when you go back to people who play the game the right way, like, you never see Mookie do that. But um, I think in, in that moment, I mean, that's okay. If, if a pitcher were to then retaliate uh, against them, I, I think that's totally fair and, and something that should be accepted in the game. I think it comes back to because baseball is a lot older than 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 basketball or 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 football or whatever whatever have you that it comes from like this kind of racist but like ignoring that for a second but a gentleman's game that it was the first people to play baseball were like you know businessmen they weren't it wasn't necessarily like a you know a a, a game for poor people it was a game for like gentlemen like you know middle, what we now call the middle class. And I think that like pervaded all. It still pervades into the into it now. It's like it's ungentlemanly to swing at a three zero pitch because, of mm-hmm. course, you have to like you know give a little to get a little. You know, what I mean that kind of like mentality, which I feel like is super kind of fucked up. But it's I think that's probably where the generation the where it comes from, right? Is like that's what showing up is. It's being ungentlemanly, mm-hmm. or you know, do, what do you guys think of that? Well, man, you know, I, I mean, like. So I think we're all as like lifelong baseball fans. I've been trying to do a little bit of examining and like really critique the sport a little bit more, like out of love for the sport. Um, because, you know, growing up, I, I I believe in all those rules wholeheartedly. Like I naturally am gonna throw inside to anyone who even looked sideways at one of my players the next time. Tono knows this. I'm yep. gonna talk a lot of shit too. Like, uh, like these these rules are definitely a part of how I always played baseball. Um, but the more I examine them, I think a question I I try to ask a little bit is just like looking at like, why are some unwritten rules, why do they exist and why not others? So like 
it may be okay, and it may the problem may not be that there's this unwritten rule that uh, too much celebration is bad. But you want to question why the average baseball fan gets really fucking pissed off when someone celebrates, but maybe reads the headline and closes it and doesn't think about it again when they hear about uh, when they hear about a, a player getting racist epithets thrown at them from the outfield, or they see an Oakland A's player throwing up the Hail Hitler sign in a dugout, like. It's my feeling that baseball fans seem to get a hell of a lot more mad about a bat flip than they do about the N-word. And I I, I wonder where that comes from. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Um, You know, I I personally haven't put much thought into into that. But, um, you know, it's definitely, I think, something that's relevant. And, you know, you you see people get offended by things that, you know, definitely are not on the same scale of, of relevance mm-hmm. in, within the game or around the game, during the game. I think that's valid. Yeah, I, I think that it comes down to, like, we are in the kind of a, a great renaissance in a way of, like, a lot of great young talent playing baseball. Mookie Betts, Fertano Tatis Jr., all those guys. All the on, dudes on the Blue Jays. All the dudes yeah. on the Braves. You know, like, you know, the, yep. and I think, like, baseball i think we talked about this a lot last week and and we will continue to talk about but just let the kids play i mean that was like a thing that bryce harper was saying when people were saying that he was not playing the game the right way uh in the sense that he kind of was a showboat and like did things but like let let this generation of people play and try something different because obviously what's been set up for the last 100 plus years is just kind of like too antiquated not really working anymore And you know, Tono, I love Mookie as much as you, and I I think that Mookie plays the game that way because that's his personality, but I think there's something to be said as someone who wants more people to love baseball, like for the fact that, honestly, who's a better player, Mookie or Bryce Harper? Fucking Mookie, obviously. But the average person who doesn't watch baseball knows Bryce Harper way better than they know Mookie. Everyone knows the name Bryce Harper. A lot of people do yeah. not know the name Mookie Betts. And I think that comes from, like, right. same re- Griffey was, fuck- was huge because he put his head on backwards and he did these. Like, that's what people want. And I think what, what baseball lovers want, unfortunately, like, just doesn't match what the average person in society is going to be attracted to. And that doesn't mean that baseball needs to just, like, sell out in a way and just do everything that, like, TikTok wants like what's going to be good for TikTok, but it also is like a you know we worry about the state of the game. Is baseball going to even be relevant, being played by kids in thirty years, or is it going to be totally taken over by other sports? Like I worry about that. Yeah, no, I I, I feel the same way. Um, you know, as someone who grew up with the game and has played the game uh, my whole life, I think you know we see the game much differently than people who were never baseball fans up until maybe like a couple of years ago, they watched the World Series and got excited. Uh, you know, I think Commissioner Manfred is is uh, making changes and trying to make it so that, you know, more fans get engaged. Uh, and a lot, of, a lot of those things, you know, people like me and people uh, like us, you know, don't, aren't too big of fans of. And um, I think, we'd, yeah, we'll just see it differently. And, and that's, that's the case for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. 
Well, uh, as we as we kind of hit the home home stretch here, uh, I just wanted to get your thoughts on this baseball season. In your eyes, is it legitimate? Is it illegitimate? What do you think? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, the Red Sox suck, so it's illegitimate. <laughs> right. If, if they're the best, if they're the best yeah, team yeah, in baseball, you're like, it. okay, yeah, this season counts. Easy answer. Um, uh, it, it's tough, especially, you know, going into the season, uh, you know, I thought about that question and kind of saw the pros and cons both ways. Um, you know, as you go along with it, we see teams going out with COVID for, you know, over a week and you know they miss multiple series and uh you know as we see more and more of that i think it gets more and more illegitimate um and we'll we'll see how they i don't know if they figured out how they're gonna do the standings with you know teams like cardinals and uh, other teams that are missing a ton of time but i think you know it's it's gradually getting more illegitimate uh as, as teams you know get postponed yeah, the Cardinals have played all of sixteen games, and the trade deadline is in a week, right? Like, yeah. it's it's yeah. just it's. I mean, but like you said, Manfred making changes. Like, I think a lot of those changes are also about the same idea of the unwritten rules and like the, the this idea of purity of baseball that you know we've we've talked about this a couple times. But I think when we really examine it, some of these things about the purity of baseball, like have somewhat in at least some ways a legacy of of racism that comes from the sport um it's like a really quick aside um first time i ever heard this and you know my dad gave me and my brother the love of baseball like he he brought us up playing baseball and really recently we were having a conversation with him and it came up like why didn't his parents love baseball because he kind of found that love on his own no one in his family had watched it and his parents were who were big like social justice civil rights advocates essentially told him like back when they were growing up in the 50s 40s 60s like baseball was just like they thought of it as like the game that racists play like it was just a racist sport like um and i think especially as people who love the sport so much the three of us like really interrogating how we can use our voices to try to push the game in a positive direction and not bury that past is going to be a big part of how we like are open to changes and also push the right types of changes to get people to love it uh, in a different type of way. You know, it's tough to look at and say like a sport that you love, you didn't do anything racist by playing baseball, but like that legacy is real. Um, mm-hmm. And, and it has to be acknowledged when we interrogate things like why do we care about bat tosses more than racists? And, and why do we, uh, and you know, why are baseball players, less vocal uh around issues of of social justice um so i that's me on my soapbox for a second uh but i i just think that's like really been my thought process around baseball since i haven't been paying too much attention to the scores since they're all bad right well the red sox are the first <laughs> yeah, 20 no. losses <laughs> yeah it's, yeah it's, it's not a season to uh you know it's tough to watch red sox games every day but um, no, nah, Evan, I think those are really valid points and, and something we should all think about, um, especially as, as diehard baseball fans. Amen. Well, uh, any closing thoughts for us, Tono? Anything you want to get off your chest from out there on the uh, in six hours ahead of us or whatever you are? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, or behind it's, almost, us. it's almost 1 p.m. here. I got a little late for lunch. <laughs> uh, uh, 
No, I mean, I appreciate you guys bringing me on. This has been fun. Um, you know, I wish I wish we could be discussing a little more uh, uh, Red Sox success right now, but um, yeah, I think we'll we'll get we'll get through this rebuild. Uh, Verdugo's Verdugo's hot, so that's at least nice to see. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm 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 glad we have baseball right now. I think uh, it's definitely uh, something that that helps me. For sure, for sure. Well, uh, I think that just about wraps it up for us. I mean, who you got? Who's going to be the World Series winner? Who's going to be the Yankees? Who's going to be the Dodgers? Who's be the Padres? Uh, yeah, the Dodgers look tough to beat right now. I yeah. think, uh, you know, their pitching picks up a little bit. They're, they're unanimous, best team. Yeah, it's so hard to pick against the Dodgers. They're so they're so loaded. It's yeah. insane. They could put out a second yeah. roster that beat the Red Sox, but I won't belabor that point. It's been it's been a pleasure, Tony. I really appreciate you taking some time uh, and pushing your lunch break a little late. Um, and and I'll definitely nah, talk to good. you soon. All right, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Hello. All right, be safe, man. Take care. Well, so that's so big. Thank you to Matt for for being on the podcast and and. Uh, you know, we will uh, continue to watch the Red Sox plummet into obscurity. But if you have thoughts on the unwritten rules of baseball, let us know, comment below, uh, send us a message. Um, I think it's a really important thing that baseball shed this burden mm-hmm. of the unwritten rule because it really dictates a joyless game for a lot of people. Yeah, and I, I think just like final thought, I think just in general, um, if more people could embrace the idea that pushing – that critiquing things that you love is important. A lot of people love to critique things that they hate. Um, but I think if you really love something, be it baseball or your profession or the people around you, you you're committed to critiquing it to be better. Um, so we critique ra- baseball's racist past because we love the sport. And, and I hope that more people uh, become open to doing that without acting like it's unpatriotic or anti-baseball to do so. Um, well, thank you so much for watching. Uh, this has been Small Brain's Big Picks, episode se- se- blah, 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 ah, ah. seven. Episode seven, <laughs> season two. Yeah. Um, uh, so we will be back at you next week. And if you like us, like us. If you want to subscribe to us, uh, <laughs> go ahead and fucking. Hit, I, dare do, do it. I dare you. I dare you. I dare you. Fucking dare you. I yeah. dare you. You won't. I, <laughs> you, do, you don't even know if you what you're missing. Um, I'm Andrew. And I'm Evan Achilogo. See ya.